Welcome to the Active Faith Podcast, where we explore an active self-care lifestyle. My name is Andrew Ware. I am your host, and I am the Running Rev. This is more than just going for a run or a bike ride, but this is finding ways to take the initiative to care for ourselves in whatever way feels best for us. These are conversations with others as we seek to build a theology of self-care together, exploring how we take that initiative to care for ourselves in whatever way feels best for us as we seek to live out our faith and vocations. This is episode 29. Today, we are having on the podcast the Reverend Nathan Webb, Pastor Nate, the nerd pastor, the uh, pastor at Checkpoint Church, the church for geeks, nerds, and gamers, as he identifies all of these things in this podcast. This is such an exciting conversation because it's an opportunity even for me to get out of uh, what even feels like my comfort zone of always interviewing folks who are on the run or cycling or or doing something physically active. But this is looking at a new manner of activity, right? Just as I have retooled this intro, it is not about an active lifestyle, but this is about actively taking that initiative to care for ourselves and finding ways to do such a thing. And so I hope this kind of begins not a new direction, but a new understanding as we continue to build this theology of self-care. And so I so much enjoyed this conversation with Nathan. Uh, I hope that you enjoy it as well. And so without any further ado, let us dive into this conversation. All right, we are here today with Nathan Webb. Nathan, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. It's early in the morning. I got my coffee. I'm 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 feeling good. Looking yeah. good. All is all is good in the world when coffee is present. Uh, especially when uh, Nathan has a new kid. So I'm sure coffee plays a large role in his life at this point in time. But uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get going. But Nathan, let's learn a little bit about you as we get our time started today. Who are you? Where do you call home? Uh, how are you actively practicing self-care? And then uh, we'll get to the last one in a minute. Gotcha. Well, I am Nathan Webb. I am the nerd pastor um, at a church plant called Checkpoint Church, uh, the church for nerds, geeks, and gamers. We're a church plant out of Western North Carolina Conference of the United Methodist Church. Um, I am a uh, provisionally ordained elder, so I'm still in that like in-between state between the provisional and the full connection and um, just enjoying serving the UMC. I'm a lifelong UMC uh, I'm PK. My dad was a pastor, and so uh, I have a lot of those things. My home church was my dad's church, but now I'm feeling more at home than ever at Checkpoint. Um, I planted Checkpoint because I wanted a, a place that existed in that capacity. I wanted a place for my nerdy, geeky habits to um, be able to connect with my faith and with my beliefs. Um, and I think that after two years of uh, rigorous work and learning and growth and changes and adaptations, we've um, we forged a place that I'm really excited to say feels like home. It feels like I'm able to be my my nerdy self in that space. Um, my, I would say I'm the most active, uh, just being a family man. I, I love taking walks with my family. I love in, enjoying the outside with my family. I enjoy going on picnics and we have a, we live really, really close to a park, which is a absolute godsend, a real blessing. We, it's a lot sometimes <laughs> to pack yeah. up two kids and go to a park. But whenever you can literally walk there across the street, uh, you, it just doesn't get much better than that. So we take a lot of walks together. I think that um, I developed a, a real passion and a love for walking and just being outdoors um, with the kind of advent of Pokemon Go uh, yeah. back in 2016. So that, that kind of turned everything around for me. 
Um, and as far as like, why, why am I active? Um, like I said, yeah. it's, it's good to have a good motivator um, in the forms of just of a good family. And so uh, in the process of this podcast, I have not been trying to redefine the podcast itself, but I'm trying to expand this understanding of what it means to practice um, an active form of self-care, whether mm. that is uh, practicing a form of activity like running, like walking, like biking, those kinds of things, but also to expand it into other ways, just having an active form mm -hmm. of self-care in our lives so that we know that we are taking care of ourselves. Uh, and as I do that, bringing on lots of people, I think a lot of folks who are listening to this podcast probably would accuse me of being very biased towards runners. Now, I want you all to remember that I am a runner and have completely encompassed myself in this running space. Um, but I love that Nathan, right off the bat, kind of uh, brought in this understanding of why I invited him to come on, because his nature of self-care uh, is also very much aligned with his nature of vocation in this idea of gaming. Uh, yeah. And especially attaching to that understanding of Pokemon Go, which um, I got on the craze when it first started. I have to admit, um, I don't really play anymore, um, but I thought it was a very cool thing to do. Um, and so let's kind of, you know, let's focus in on that for a second, this nature. Uh, for those who aren't aware of Pokemon Go, it is a um, a mobile game of sorts that encourages folks uh, to get around, to may maybe get outside. Um, really hitting hitting uh, the mobile atmosphere and allowing folks to uh, form communities both in person as well as digitally. And so, how you, you talk about the onset of that helping you to get outside to go for walks? Um, how how are you finding those ways in which you bring this love of gaming, this love of things that uh, attract you in in that sort of uh, nerd geek gaming universe? into this nature of self-care? Yeah, I think there's two big categories of self-care that I find from video games. And, and one of them is kind of this new advent, this almost Nintendo bent towards um, trying to maintain physical activity. So Nintendo had this big uh, revolution with the Wii, right? Where yeah. um, there, there are still uh, uh, retirement communities and areas like that that are, that are keeping the Wii in business because of, of games like Just Dance, because of games like Wii Sports. They actually just came out with the Switch Sports for the latest Nintendo console. But Nintendo's always been really good about encouraging um, physical movement um, and activity and engagement with the video games that goes beyond uh, just kind of looking at a screen and a controller, goes beyond that hand-eye uh, hand coordination and dives deep into the embodied um, gaming experience. And so Pokemon Go was kind of the culmination of that by bringing in this uh, this company Niantic that did so much with Ingress and this kind of global positioning system. And then it took Pokemon Go and then Nintendo brought with them uh, this idea of physical activity and brought in the walking element to it. And so it just created this, this perfect storm um, of, of exercise that was really an impressive thing and an exciting thing for a lot of people. But for me, um, beyond just the physically active self-care um, Video games create this kind of mental self-care as well, this opportunity for us to simulate things uh, within a video game capacity uh, to uh, just experience more zen uh, or to experience a, a more balanced lifestyle. So, for instance, I have 
a little bit of an interest in gardening, um, mm-hmm. but I'm not, I have no, no claims to be a farmer. I have no interest to ever buy a farm. I have no interest to ever go into the, the farming business, but games like Harvest Moon and Stardew Valley are among my very, very favorite thing where you literally are a person that inherits a farm, a digital farm, a virtual farm uh, on a video game system. And you are tasked with the, uh, the goal of taking time to bring that farm back to life, to live into a community, to potentially fall in love, to do all of these different things in this simulated capacity. Uh, that It's just one of my favorite things to do. It's something that I can spend hours and hours and hours in this false reality uh, just as a way of uh, entering into a place of, of real mental care, uh, mm-hmm. of, of being able to tune out of the stressors of real life and being able to feel the, feel the accomplishments of, hey, I planted a turnip and that turnip grew. And that's a check, you know, check mark in my brain that feels really good. So I have those two, uh, two categories, I would say. Yeah. One being physical and one being mental. And I think that there's oftentimes, especially as our society continues to grow into a lot more of this digital and especially gaming space, uh, there's often this stigma of what a gamer looks like, mm-hmm. what a gamer acts like. And we hate to kind of place those stigmas upon people, but I think it's important for us to name Um, As you're someone who's coming into this space of uh, a pastor who is very involved in the gaming community, uh, but also a pastor who's trying to impart upon those who you're gaming with, who you're in community with, uh, of what good practices of self-care look like as well, because there is this stigma of, you know, the, the big fat folks on the couch. I hate to kind of use that language and I, I don't want to shame anybody, but there is that stigma around just hanging out, always being on the couch, being so sedentary. And I think that with the advent of these games that help to encourage physical movement, but also then the naming that gaming in general offers an opportunity for folks to engage and to form community, that it offers that mental health aspect as well, can be something that we can help to name as you think about being a gamer, as you think about reaching out to gamers and being in community with gamers, what are those conversations and what are those understandings of self-care on, on the healthy side looking mm-hmm. like, whether it is physical health, mental health, emotional health? Because I think that there's a lot to think that can get lost when we as a, folks who aren't involved in the gaming community are trying to look at the gaming community and looking at the gaming community with these stigmas. Yeah, I think that the reality of gaming as a means of care it's very similar actually to exercise or to running or to that kind of thing there's a right way to utilize a tool and there's a wrong way to utilize a tool and so whenever it comes to um you know for instance you mentioned running i don't run i don't run i'm six foot four i'm very tall i've never (laughs) been taught to run and so if i were to try to run right now my knees would absolutely uh, pay revenge on me. Now, if, if I could, yeah, if I could take the time to really invest in that, if that was something I wanted to be passionate about and learn to do, then I'm sure that I could. But if I just wanted to put on my tennis shoes and go for a run right now, I'm not going to be doing it correctly. I'm going to be yeah. using that tool improperly for my better, you know, betterment. So video games, I think are very much the same way. It helps to know what you need and why you need it from that game. So I have a busy, hectic, crazy all around life. I have a lot of things going on and my brain really likes to experience the endorphin rush of accomplishment. And so whenever I said Stardew Valley, that's a game where you do something and you accomplish something, right? Mm -hmm. 
And so that's how I'm utilizing that tool of what's known as a Zen game or a puzzle game or a, a simulation game. I'm using that tool as a means of which uh, to, to better myself. But some people might be better served by a game like uh, Destiny 2, uh, where Destiny 2, I'm not an FPS. I'm not a first-person shooter kind of person. I don't really like um, shooting games. I'm not very good at them. But what are they good for? Destiny 2 is a collaborative team building game where the best experience you're going to get out of destiny is going to be to squat up with four or five of your buddies and to go and to raid um, dungeons, to raid areas together, uh, to go out on um, PVPs with one another, or even a PVE situation where you're playing against others uh, or or playing against the bots. And that might provide someone who's more extroverted with the capacity to feel like they're uh, in community. They're experiencing um, oneness with the community around them. Me, an introvert, I like the accomplishments. I like these other things. Um, but somebody that might need more communication uh, and can't get it in their own life, uh, maybe they don't have the, the friend group or maybe they had a friend group they built in college that then moved apart, um, they're able to satisfy that need uh, in a different way. And so I think that the first step for this community of nerds, geeks, and gamers is we have to understand what we actually need from video games. Mm-hmm. There's a really good survey out there that you can uh, link in the pod. I can send it to you if I, if I yeah, remember. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's by Quantic Foundry. Um, and it's very similar to like the MBTI, the Myers-Briggs test and all these things. But it it runs you through all these series of questions. And in the end, it tells you, here's what your gamer type is. So we all have a spectrum that we're on of like, what games do we play? Uh, Are you a more active gamer? Are you more about the social? Are you more about mastering the game? Are you more about uh, achievement within a game? Are you more about being fully immersed in the game? Are you more about creating within the game? Uh, And those are all the different categories that we all have different sliding spectrums on. Knowing what we need and what we're getting from games helps us to address them in a better way. So if you're just playing a game because it's a popular game, but it doesn't serve you in any real way, that's Mm -hmm. utilizing that tool improperly, just like if I were to go out and run. So I think that that's my, um, what I see as my role for self-care in my community as a pastor is I want to make sure that I'm serving my nerds, geeks, and gamers by helping them to understand what they need and what they get from video games as a tool and as a utility with which to care for themselves. And I think a lot of listeners right now who probably are not as familiar with the gaming sphere um, are hearing a lot of similar themes to how we have talked about self-care with those who are using manners of physical activity like running, like biking, like CrossFit, like all of these things. They're they're hearing these themes over and over again. Um And I mean, you could blame me for trying to cross platforms here uh, to come into the gaming universe. I I am not a gamer. I don't like I'll play a game for a few weeks, but it's not my forte. I love to I mean, literally, if you ask my wife, I love to run. That's about the only thing I love to do outside of work. Um, But I also want to continue to attach to this theology of self-care, the nature in which it works across different areas of lifestyles. Uh, This is not just something that is for uh, the physically active. And I mean, I would like, I am amazed and astounded because one of the things that I have come to love doing is to watch esports. I I, I don't know what it is. Uh, It's a little bit, well, I'll say really watching the uh, Formula One esports stuff has really gotten me into it. And then even taking me into uh, what League of Legends, I think, is one that that I've 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 really started watching as well. But watching some of these esports folks, and I remember getting in a conversation with someone 
about like, oh, well, it's not real sports. It's, it, you know, they're just sitting in a chair. And I, I think to myself and bring it in, I'm like, no, these, these folks, these, these persons are, are really needing to practice a different nature of self-care. They have to be a lot more aware of how, we're care- of how they're caring for themselves in that. And I love that you bring the gaming language of, of using the tools properly, right? You know, it's mm-hmm. like, you know, you're going around a game and you need to find exactly what you need. And so we're exploring around. And so um, when, when, you're in these, when you're in these communities, uh, what does that look like for you? What do gaming communities encompass? Um, as you're forming your own pastoral community, your, your, uh, your church for nerds, geeks, and gamers checkpoint, or whether you're just in community with others, like what's being formed within this communities? What are some things that y'all are doing together? Well, ironically enough, you've actually reached us at the perfect time. We're, we're currently doing a collaborative, um, uh, physical activity challenge where we we've, uh, we've we're tackling this thing called mileage mania, where as a community, we realize that we're so far apart. We're so spread apart because we are literally global um, that we wanted to do something that felt like we were uh, competing, not competing, but collaboratively working towards a goal. Uh, with one another. And so we're doing a thing called mileage mania, where we're all tracking our miles as we walk them um, and earning those miles together and putting them towards uh, a unique goal for ourselves. And so it's still nerdy in theme, right? I mean, we're going to talk about like how, how many steps does it take? How many miles does it take for us to walk to Mordor, right? In Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. or, or how many steps is it going to take for us to unlock this milestone? Uh, like we, we've already reached 150 steps or 150 miles. And at uh, 150, I came up with a playlist uh, a video game music for you to work out to. And I put that playlist, playlist together and I sent that out to the group as a reward for doing that. Uh, so it's, it's little, it's a little ways like that, where we just find uh, little chunks of community where we might be able to work together in that way. One of the big ways that gamers get together um, is, is just by, by the need that they need. So like mm-hmm. I said, Right. I mean, some people want to play games with one another. They want to play in community. They want to find a Destiny 2 squad. Uh, They want to put together this kind of group where they're playing in games together. A lot of people also want to play individually. So I'm a big individual gamer. Uh, I want to play a single player experience and experience a game by myself. Uh, And so I don't necessarily always want to be by myself. And so we might play Minecraft. We might play Stardew Valley, but we'll have each other on Discord talking to each other um, over you know, a digital means uh, over, a, over a voice channel on that platform. And so we're able to collaboratively work together, even though we're all playing different games, we're able to live in that community with one another. So I think that the reality of the situation is regardless of introversion, extroversion, regardless of uh, digital or physical or um, localized or whatever, you know, words you want to put to it. At the end of the day, the nerds, the geeks, and the gamers are not loners. <laughs> They're not wanting to be all off by themselves. Um, that, that is a stigma that is attributed to us. But you can take one look at Comic-Con and you can know that's not the case. Yeah. Um, we do not want to be alone. We just want a community that sees us and knows us and hears us. And so Checkpoint, that's our big goal is we want to make those connections. Uh, and so if you join our Discord, which if you, mo- if you know what a Discord is, uh, good for you. If not, I talk about it on plenty of podcasts, but it's basically um, like Facebook groups. It's kind of a group platform. Um, but on our Discord, I have 
too many channels because I want to make sure that everybody feels like they're being seen for their own particular stick and thing. I want them to know that their nerdy passion and hobby is seen and valued. And that there are others that uh, might see that as well. There are Xbox fans. There are PlayStation fans. There are Pokemon Go players. Um, there are Genshin Impact players. We're all over the place with all sorts of different hobbies and passions. Um, but by allowing people to live into their, their, their things that they geek out about, um, they're finding a community that accepts them and sees them and goes beyond those things just by caring for one another. So I've found that we all want community. And if we allow the space for us to feel welcome, that community is going to forge even amongst the nerds, geeks, and the gamers. And and it's naming the way in which, you know, we've talked about, um, you know, as as Nathan and I are recording this, it hasn't come out yet, but our our the most recent episode with Jojo McDuffie of talking about knowing yourself and what it means to know yourself. And we see even in different communities where you have Jojo, who is a strength trainer, who is working in this just heavy lifting, um, you know, getting stronger physically uh, as in, you know, compared to gamers who are really working on that, that mental capacity, uh, they're, they're doing everything they can. It is still about knowing yourself and knowing where you fit into the equation and to have a community that really allows you not only to know yourself, but allows you to be yourself, uh, which is something, you know, we talk again, like comparing these to other episodes, that nature of self-worth and being welcomed in community, like we talked to with Charlie on, um, it, it really helps to be able to know how to care for yourself and creating that space to care for yourself. And, and so I love that line, you know, you don't want to be alone, you just want to be seen. And what that means for your community and what that means for forming community in terms of taking care of yourself and really trying to break down those stigmas because you do deserve to have that kind of care in your life. You do deserve to have that kind of space in your life in order to care for yourself. And so I, I, I want to uh, move into this conversation because your nature of... Uh, we could say how you care for yourself. Obviously, there's more to your self-care than just gaming. Um, sure. but, but when you talk about gaming, you have this really interesting thing where you have this intersection of your gaming has a lot of play in your vocation. Mm -hmm. um, and so what does it look like for, for you to uh, practice a, a, a breakaway from, from your vocation and, and does that get in the way of how you observe gaming now? Because I think for a lot of us, especially a lot of us who work in the church, right? Uh, I, I often think the way in which church has changed for me as a pastor, and it will never be the same. Um, I'm never going to be able to just, even when I'm not a pastor, I'm never going to be able to just sit in a church service the same way ever again. Um, and I'm sure many pastors would say that. When gaming has become part of your vocation. Have you noticed changes in the way you interact with gaming as a lifestyle? I think that naturally that kind of thing is going to happen, right? But, but what I've discovered more than anything is that maybe I had the wrong idea whenever I got into this as to what it was going to look like. Mm -hmm. So for instance, uh, whenever we first got started at Checkpoint, um, I had this vision for a church that was constantly playing games together as a means of Bible study. So there are some games that are just uh, incredibly inspirational um, or even just really deep with their theological ramifications. And so like one of the game in particular is called Undertale. And so I was like, well, let's, let's play Undertale together. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Jesus. Let's talk about how great this game is and how great of a portrayal of good and evil it is. 
And um, it was at the very first month of our church plant. And so anybody that's been a church planner has ever been involved with the church plant knows how ridiculous that is. I wanted people to get together and talk about God in the first month. I wanted people to get together in a small group, meet over Zoom during the very, very beginning of COVID uh, and talk about their feelings, talk about their faith. And it flopped because, of course, it flopped. Uh, it didn't work at all. Um, it was something that it was it, it was not going to work at that time. We hadn't taken the time to really develop relationships or to setting those things aside. And so it didn't work. So, you know, flash forward two years, what I've discovered about the gaming community um, is that we all are so different that mm -hmm. it's almost difficult for me to play the games that I'm more interested in on stream whenever we stream on Twitch, um, because it's not necessarily going to interest the entire community. Um, we are a variety streaming uh, channel over on Twitch, and that allows for us to play a lot of different games to talk about a lot of different things. I'm always going to talk about Pokemon. That's one of my favorite things ever. And so we have a, you know, Mondays we stream, we do Pokemon days, and that's always going to be my day where I talk about Pokemon. But sometimes we may be playing a card game. Sometimes we may be unboxing something. Uh, sometimes we may be uh, putting together uh, some videos. We, we, we have a lot of different things that we may be doing on stream. And so what I've found is that it's less about my specific um, branch of gaming and more about the gaming community, like I said, feeling seen in this space. So it hasn't so much drawn from my own personal experience or, or, or drawn from my own personal lifestyle of gaming, but instead it's just I'm another piece of the puzzle coming forward. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not so much that I'm giving what my hobbies, I'm not giving all my love to this thing, but instead I am this person that has these hobbies and I'm also the pastor of this community. And so they're seeing someone uh, that, you know, looks like them, talks like them, sounds like them. And then they're able to enter into that place uh, and, and work together and, and form community around this thing that we love, even if it's not as specific as Stardew Valley, just the fact that I play video games um, and love video games and care about video games and keep up with video games, um, that allows for a, a different kind of uh, approach to even starting the relationship of community. So to answer your question, long story short, um, I find that I'm still doing my hobbies. I'm still pursuing the things that I love in the same way. Uh, I think that I also write nerdy sermons each Sunday, and those tend to go on kind of the trending zeitgeist of whatever is going on. Um, not necessarily always gaming, sometimes about the latest Marvel movie. We just put out one about Doctor Strange and the new movie there. Um, we're going to talk about Stranger Things. We're going to talk <laughs> about, uh, you know, all this stuff. We're going to talk about all the nerdy things in the spheres um, that we love. But that, and that has been kind of the more uh, challenging thing for me is that uh, it's got to be trendy. It's got to, it's got to happen as soon as the thing drops. So like, I don't get to stretch out Stranger Things, which I guess who does? You know, everybody binges it. But I don't get to stretch those things out or I don't get to necessarily experience the full depth of a video game like Elden Ring, um, you know, that could take months to play. I had to I had to Google the ending. I had to Google the story uh, and experience it over the course of a week because I had to write a sermon on it. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's those kind of like self-imposed deadlines that have changed more than anything. Um, but I see that as a positive because I'm getting to experience more things. I'm getting to relate um, the stories and the themes and the things that we love in the Bible and in our, our, our church structure. I'm getting to relate those things to my favorite nerdy things. So I wouldn't change it for the world. Uh, but that's been one thing that's kind of kind of taken a shift for me. I think my hobbies have stayed the same. Um, and I'm very fortunate that there's no blending of a family system here. My wife does not play video games. She's not a nerd in that way. And so our hobbies are not mixing with my vocation mm. and it's allowing for that separation, that healthy separation uh, of family time 
and work time. Uh, I think if that were more of a blend, I think that would cause challenges. Like if I ever had to tell my wife, like, uh, play that game without me because I got to talk about it at church. Like that would be a stressor, right? That would be something that would change, um, something that we might have done together. But because that's not so much a part of it, um, that allows for a a pretty clean separation um, uh, of of my passions and my hobbies and then my vocation. And so if something can become so all-encompassing as vocation, as gaming, you know, when I think about gaming, it is a lot of binging um, that that often, I mean, I don't know whether it comes out of the early um, advent of gaming where there wasn't like save as in a video game and you literally mm-hmm. had to sit and beat the whole game in one sitting. Um, but I mean, you definitely still see that. Uh, where it's the excitement around things really mm-hmm. want folks to do as much of it as possible. Um, you see folks, you know, like you said, they've been stranger things. Um, I, I, I want to say that, uh, you know, I will, when a new show comes out, I will sit down and try and watch of it as much as, as much of it as possible. Now that's more so because I've got two kids who often <laughs> co-op the TV during other times. Right. Um, but I mean, like, even when I go and see a new Marvel movie, I love Marvel. When I go see a new Marvel movie, I will often just go back and rewatch like some of the other Marvel movies that may uh, that I may think play a role in it. Um, mm-hmm. I'll go on TikTok and and watch some videos about folks kind of unpacking some of the themes and stuff that are coming out. Um, you, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of binging in sort of the gaming in sort of the the nerd culture community, and so. There becomes this other conversation of of boundaries when you mm-hmm. talk about practicing self care. That it often seems like becomes an important part of the conversation when it talks about gaming, when it talks about vocation. In that, and you talked about it a second ago, right? Family. Um, and so, what does that role of boundaries look like for you? Hmm. Yeah, I, I uh, I'm very fortunate to have had a. Um... A very personal instance, you know, I mentioned that I was, I was a PK, I'm a pastor's kid, and so my dad was a pastor, and so I, I saw at moments in his vocation an unhealthy adherence to uh, work um, and kind of uh, putting the family on the back burner at times or, or just causing stress in the family in that way. And so being able to experience that firsthand set me up for a, a really honest look whenever me and my wife were, were still engaged and we're like, all right, so I know that I'm going into the pastorate. Uh, what are we going to do? How are we going to make this work? And uh, we just laid out some really firm boundaries for each other and understood what we expect of one another. And we're very transparent and upfront with how we were going to handle those things uh, whenever the moment arrives. I, I think that with a church plan in particular, that has been uh, stretched and twisted and morphed and molded. Um, and we have to sometimes, uh, you know, make, make exceptions to certain things, which I also have to do in her vocation as well. Sometimes things are going to come up and things have to change. But for the most part, we've done a really, really good job um, at setting those boundaries. Uh, and one thing that I'll highlight is uh, with paternity leave. So, I, you know, you mentioned at the very beginning, I just had a new baby. Um, we had our second, our second little girl. And um, I'm in a church plant. I have very little oversight uh, from the conference. They, you know, they, they don't want to micromanage. They do, they're there for me if I need them, but they're not going to micromanage what I do because they see um, the efficacy of, of digital ministry. And so it was up to me, right? I had to set that for myself. Was I going to take a paternity leave? Was I going to take two weeks? Was I going to take four weeks? Was I going to take six, eight? How long was I going to take for this leave? Um, that was totally self-imposed. That has no, um, you know, precedent 
There's no expectation. Uh, what am I going to do during this time? The internet has, has little concern um, yeah. for my four, you know, uh, whatever I was going to do. I wound up taking four weeks and I did that uh, very intentionally. I, I prepared for it. I wrote four sermons in advance. I wrote four weeks of newsletters in advance. Um, I had all those scheduled. The internet is amazing at the capacity to be able to set up those kind of things, but we couldn't stream. I couldn't stream live for four weeks. And so for four weeks, we were not live on Twitch and maybe that hurt us some, maybe that was something that, um, took some of the wind out of our sails. But at the end of the day, uh, we have a longer story about this if, if you know if you want to hear it in another another time. But Checkpoint isn't a Twitch streaming service. Checkpoint mm-hmm. is a community being built on Discord. And so my bigger concern was, hey, I want our Discord to remain active for four weeks. Um, and we had the capacity within our leadership that we did stay active for those four weeks. We did stay devoted during that time. And so I set those boundaries. I held to them. And at the end, Maybe, maybe we took some of the wind out of our sales out of Twitch, but we're not Twitch streamers, but we stayed consistent in the things that mattered and were important. And so those boundaries were set, they were seen, and they worked. Um, and so that set up a huge precedent now, not just for myself and for this church, but I see it as a precedent for my parishioners, <laughs> for my people that are here. Uh, you know, maternity leave and paternity leave, paternity leave is a thing that is contested enough um, in, in the US. And so being able to set that as a a thing that I'm doing as their pastor and uh, showing them that it is possible and this is how it is done um, and that I set those boundaries firmly and didn't let them budge. I hope that that made an impact. And I hope that those people that are in my community that are that are going to be dads someday, um, I hope that they saw that I did that and that they fight for that for themselves as well. Mm. Uh, and so I almost see it as kind of a, a, an issue of, of justice in that way of setting up that expectation, living into it, and being an example for which people can draw from um, of how we set those boundaries and when we set those boundaries and what we do with them. Because I think that kind of like you highlighted at the beginning with the stigma of the, of the nerd that is, that is in their basement, that is 400 pounds, that is having trouble uh, making friends, that doesn't talk to people. We have that stigma for a reason, but it's because of unhealthy use of tools. And yeah. so if I can be a, a example in this community, then I want to do that. Um, and if I can lift up others who are good examples. I want to do that. And I want this to be a place where people can see, Hey, you know, maybe you are a little burnt out. Maybe you are a little bit uh, binged out right now from watching all of stranger things in one night. Um, let's talk about maybe how we do that better. Um, let's talk about what we do after that. Let's talk about how we care for ourselves after that. Um, what boundaries are we setting within the things that we consume? Um, and by exhibiting that in a healthy way, uh, hopefully we'll be able to learn from each other and, and, and build one another up in that way. And I think the way in which we're practitioners of self-care in and and of itself as people is definitely something that others look at and see. Um, You know, when when I think about taking time off, is that helping others to know, hey, this is something that I should be doing too. Uh, And especially when, you know, you and I work in vocation, you and I work in a vocation that is not uh, often equipped to help others, to help those who practice the vocation care for themselves. Uh, But you also come into a space where it often looks like the people who are practicing in that space often do not look like they are caring for themselves or act like they're caring for themselves. Um, And so we create by our example, a nature in which we can care for ourselves. And so that we can continue to do these things. Uh, And to know that in a lot of ways, gaming is and I don't know, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, gaming is often not paying the bills 
for a lot of folks who are probably part of your community. Uh, but gaming is a hobby. Gaming in and of itself is a form of self-care, as you talked about at the beginning of the episode. Whether it is encouraging physical movement through games like Pokemon Go, through doing things on the Wii or uh, I guess the new Oculus stuff uh, that is that's that's being released, or whether it's mental um, that we talked that you talked about. A lot of these games test our mental fortitude um, and and how we think, how we process things like that. And so, I mean, there's a lot of good in gaming, but just like with like you said, like with anything else in life. Um, there, it's good to an extent. Mm-hmm. Um, and and when we, we need to bring the right tools in so that we can make sure we are caring for ourselves. Well, and, and so, just like you just said, uh, it doesn't pay the bills. And I would yeah. argue that's a good thing. Um, <laughs> a lot of the thing that we're finding is as we stream on Twitch, we're reaching a lot of people that are in the chat of Twitch that want to be streamers. They yeah. want to be the next ninja. They want to be the next Dr. Disrespect. And so they're so, uh, you know, just absolutely jazzed about this concept of Twitch and streaming and playing video games to make money that they're getting in over their heads and trying to take the plunge. And so what I've been trying to do as another example of, of you know, see my example here, um, it is hard. <laughs> it is really hard work to stream video games. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like, you know, from the outside looking in, it's like, oh, how hard could it possibly be? Um, but, you know, you imagine uh, we stream for nine hours a week, mm-hmm. right? And that's that's nine hours of television production. That's nine hours of being on for a camera. That's nine hours of being focused on something. That's nine hours of preaching the same sermon, right? I mean, that's nine hours of that exact consistent thing. And that's a very small amount of streaming. And I can tell you that I'm tired after it. Yeah. Uh, but there are there are streamers who stream all day long, who will stream 12-hour streams um, just to make it in this industry because they want that kind of clout and acclaim. And so something that I encourage a lot of people in our community to do whenever they express to me, hey, you know, Nathan, I'm interested in streaming, I tell them, hey, that's great. But let's talk about, let's be honest about what streaming looks like. Um, it's It's not always fun. And sometimes you're streaming to two people and that hurts your feelings. <laughs> that gets that gets really rough whenever you like are like, why is nobody watching me? Well, you're fighting the algorithm. You're fighting a process. Um, you're fighting a lot of different things. It's an expensive thing to get into. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, you know, th- this is kind of a side tangent off the idea of video game doesn't pay the bills. But this is another instance of how we as a community um, are supporting these nerds, geeks, and gamers who are trying to make video games pay the bills. And maybe they need to just let them be a hobby. Maybe they need to just let them serve them in a self-care way. Another instance of how we can use these tools that can serve us in a really good way, but instead we try to make make them uh, make money for us. We try to make them uh, be something that they're not needing to be for us, and it ends up hurting us in the long run. And and again, it, it reiterates that understanding of, of boundaries, of setting a yeah. good example. Um, and it's not to say that, you know, these folks can't look at what it might. I mean, you're someone who has turned your hobby of gaming into a vocation. Absolutely. And you've done it in a way that has allowed you to uh, consistently have those boundaries over and over again. You've allowed to define it in your way, in your shape and in your form. And I'm sure that that has come out of conversations with your wife, with your, uh, with your family, with your, uh, with the uh, higher ups, uh, your district superintendent, your bishop, those who are working with you in this church planting space. Um, 
And I wonder how, again, when, uh, again, like, I, I mean, we're just bringing in all of these like self-care ideals. Like if you're listening to this and you think like, oh, I have nothing to do with gaming. Like I, I, I'm here for X, Y, Z. I'm not here for gaming. It's like, but no, like this, it's a reminder that self-care comes into any and every lifestyle because it helped like when we're talking about this, we're talking about, you know, how are we being defined? How are we defining ourselves? Uh, how are we learning about ourselves? All of these different things. And when we come into these spaces, what it looks like to make sure that we're caring for ourselves. Yes, there. I mean, you could make money off of gaming, but is that necessarily the way that you want to live your lifestyle? Is that going to be the healthiest thing for you? And it might be a self-admission of that of, and even like, will it turn it into something that I just won't enjoy doing, right? I can, I mean, so many pastors during this pandemic who have lost the joy of pastoring because they pastored during the pandemic. I know teachers who have lost the joy of teaching because of the pandemic. Doctors who have lost the love of, of doctoring uh, in the pandemic. And does doing something and taking it to a different level, does that help? Does that make us lose the love of of doing this because of um because of how we're treating that that thing whatever we're trying to do in our lives um and it just reiterates that that understanding as as we enter this space of self-care um so uh, let's 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 wrap up our time here today uh, as we uh, wind this episode down and hit these end of podcast questions. So Nathan, what is something that you, that you have done that makes you feel accomplished? Yeah, I think it goes back to what I was talking about. I mean, just the 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 whole idea of video games and the checking those boxes. That's a huge area of accomplishment for me. Um, I'm not so much an achievement hunter. I'm not somebody that's seeking out those next big things, but just being able to. Um, feel the satisfaction of checking off a box, feeling like you've done something, um, feeling better on the other end. I'm a big advocate of reading. Um, and I discovered a list not too long ago called the 1001 books to read before you die. Mm. And so I'm slowly but surely checking off the boxes one book at a time uh, through those 1001 books. And that kind of became a thing where now I've discovered 1001 albums to listen to before you die, 1001 movies to watch before you die. Oh, I keep discovering, I keep discovering these lists and uh, I can't even describe how good it makes me feel uh, to just experience another thing, to check another thing off the box uh, and to uh, feel that sense of, I didn't experience this and now I have. So I've watched movies now that I thought I'd never watch. Uh, and just, it's really, it's really been a good thing for me. Uh, to feel accomplished in that way. What is an upcoming goal that you have? It's always everything for Checkpoint. I feel like a lot of the stuff that I've got going on is just exciting. Um, every month with Checkpoint is a new experience. Um, we're doing something new in a new way. Um, so I, I, right now, I feel like the big the big goal for me was to uh, to come up with this mileage mania thing. We're doing this walkathon challenge, um, but our next one will probably be our Checkathon. We do a twelve hour charity stream. Um, uh, once a quarter. And so that's always a huge goal for me. We raised $5,000 last year for various different charities uh, through our streaming. So uh, I'm always excited for that opportunity and it gives me something to look forward to each quarter. Who do you go to when life gets tough? Well, that's definitely my wife. Uh, we, we have a really solid relationship and um, she is just somebody that I absolutely lean on. She leans on me as well. Um, we're a really good, really good rock for one another. 
um, which is good to say now that we've had, we've had two kids together and we still use each other <laughs> as rocks to lean on. We're not tired of each other, even with two babies wearing us out. So uh, that's, that's, that's good to say. I'm encouraged to answer that question the same as I usually would. Nice. Uh, and then uh, what are, what are some other ways that you practice self-care? Oh, I'm a big fan of just any kind of like Sabbath practice, whether it be um, uh, an intentional work of like the adult coloring books, like fine detail coloring books is a really nice way for me just to kind of find a place of, of Zen. Or I really like music. I'm a musician. Um, so I'll play guitar for a couple hours, just bust out the guitar and just, just absolutely feel in the, in the flow there as well. Um, yeah. Anything that has to do with using my hands, I guess. I'm, I'm very much a creative person. I really like the, the opportunity to use my, my hands to create something. Uh, so if I, can, if I can find something, whether it be art or um, music, uh, if I can use my hands for something that feels good. Awesome. Well, this is this has just been so great because I think it continues to reiterate, like I've mentioned multiple times, just this multifaceted nature of self-care and that uh, it's not just caring for ourselves, you know, as um, people, but it's, it's, I mean, as as runners or in like physically active ways, but there are so many ways that we can be actively caring for ourselves uh, throughout our lives. And th these are some of the ways that I hope to continue to highlight in this podcast. So Nathan, I want to thank you so much for joining today. Thank you for having me. I don't know about you, but I just so much enjoyed that conversation with Nathan as we came together, as we talked about this intersection, even uh, for what it looks like for Nathan to practice self-care in his uh, lifestyle, in his vocation, in all of these different ways. And for us as listeners and for myself as the host to get a different picture that it's it's not all about going for a run. It's not always about going for a bike ride or, or getting physically active. Sometimes mental activity, sometimes spiritual activity. It really invited me to reconsider uh, how I talk about this manner of an active self-care practice because it becomes more than just doing something. Um, or doing something physically active, but it becomes about that entire manner. I mean, I've talked about it several times now as, as we've gone through this podcast, but it, it was reiterated to me, and as you heard at the top, I changed uh, the introduction because I felt like uh, this podcast was becoming more than just talking about uh, any sort of manner of physical activity, but it was becoming about taking the initiative to care for ourselves. And in that, that is what an active self-care lifestyle can look like. Um, whether that is walking, whether that's running, whether that's gaming, whether it's any number of things that we do in our lives. It's drawing like we saw for Charlie uh, a few episodes back, but we really, I really want to uh, drive down on this point of finding something, finding a way that your body likes to move. And when I say move, I don't mean, again, it's not walking, but something that you love to do, connect with it. That's your manner of self-care. Uh, sometimes it may uh, mesh into your vocation as you continue to discern and understand how that fits into your life, but uh, finding ways to care for ourselves and doing things that we love to do so that we can care for ourselves, finding that space and time for us to have both stress and rest in our lives, both active 
productive and uh, recovering times in our lives. And so we take those opportunities. And like you heard from Nathan, I love that idea about having the right tools. And so if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to do anything, whether it's gaming, whether it's running, whether it's taking care of myself, whatever it is, it's about having the right tools in front of me. And so I want to thank you so much for joining this conversation. Uh, there's some information, uh, some links in the podcast notes for stuff that Nathan talked about while he was on the podcast. Ways for you to find him, a little bit more information about him, finding his church, Checkpoint Church. If you want to get involved in their community, um, it is so cool. It is so awesome hearing all the things that he loves to do. Um, and then don't forget to check out our Active Faith community on Facebook. As always, a group of us that are gathered together on Facebook, always supporting and encouraging. Uh, we love folks who post on there. We love folks who just, even if you just hit a like button, even if you hit a love button, um, whatever it is, taking that opportunity to engage and support in that community. I'd also be grateful if you'd subscribe and follow this podcast on your favorite platform so that you can get those updates of what is happening in this community. Every episode that comes out will automatically go into your feed. And so I invite you to follow and subscribe. You know what? Please, 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 as we are going along, this is a listener-supported podcast. And so if you could leave a rating and a review, that'd be great. We don't have any new uh, reviews this week. However, I do think we picked up another couple five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. And so I would love it if right alongside those five stars, if you just give me uh, just a short few words of, of, of what you love about this podcast of, uh, or, or just that you love it in general, just leave us a review. And then over on our Patreon page, over on my Patreon page, patreon.com slash runnin rev, runnin without a G rev. Uh, we are at three patrons over there, uh, which is awesome and great. And I am doing a giveaway for those of you who uh, discern that you would like to help support this ministry that I am putting forth and become a supporter over on Patreon. Once I hit 20 patrons, I will have a giveaway for those in our Patreon community of a uh, of a gift card. And so if, if, uh, if you are one of the first 20 subscribers over on Patreon, you will be entered into that giveaway. Um, and so I invite you to join over there as we continue to build this community, as we continue to do the work and build this mission and ministry, uh, not just in a podcast, but on social media and all over media as we look to support and encourage one another. And please, lastly, the biggest thing that you could do to be a supporter of this podcast is just to share. Invite your friends, invite your family, invite folks to listen along. If you share on Instagram or Facebook and tag the podcast, I will be sure to give you a shout out on those social media platforms as well. And now may God bless each of us and may we find ways to stay active in and for God's kingdom. Amen.